Welcome to this episode of Let's Chat. I'm your host, Chris Revel, coming from the Cat Cave in Providence, Rhode Island. Today we have another foreign guest. Last week we had Raphael Nowak of the We Are Not Here to Please You podcast from Finland. And today we have Jason Madden, second appearance in the show from Vancouver, Canada, of the Bus Stop podcast. Uh, I want to express how much I love the Bus Stop podcast and how much I really like Jason because I asked him back on. Because the first time he got on, he came on, we just got along way too fucking well. Jason is the man, and we have a lot of similar interests, and he's really nice, and he's really funny, and he says some pretty weird shit on his podcast that he reveals a lot about his personal life, which is just tons of fun. I would recommend the first episode of the Stop Podcast to check out will be with Sasha Misery. They have a S&M sex worker on. And they go to her dungeon, and they interview her, and she has a really fascinating story about, like, a car accident she got in. Uh, she was actually on 2020 or 60 Minutes shortly after their podcast. And then check out another episode of the Bus Stop Podcast, where just him and Arafan just uh, sitting at a, bud ca- a bus stop and just having some fun and making jokes and talking wise. And one episode of Bird Dies, I mean, yeah, you, you gotta go listen to it. Uh, really, just a great podcast. Check them out on the com online on Twitter at BustUpPCast. Uh, Jason is on Twitter at the real underscore JMad. And they um, are on Facebook.com slash BustUpPodcast. Anywhere you find uh, podcasts like Stitcher or iTunes, any of those wonderful places, you could find the Podcast. I want to say thank you for Jason for coming on. Uh, we had a really great conversation. I didn't write anything down. We just kind of sat down and just started talking. And, of course, that turned into a lot of talk about Blink-182 and how we think Netflix could really do the Full House right. You know, we kind of give some pitches for some ideas for Netflix of uh, what the Full House reboot, Fuller House reboot could look like. If anyone, you know anyone who works for Netflix, make sure they hear this episode. Thank you for listening to the show. Please uh, stick or, uh, check around some of the episodes. We've got some good ones. You can hear uh, Matt Koff of The Daily Show, Stephen Smith of Going Off Track, Tom Mullen of Washed Up Emo. There's just a bunch of really fun episodes. And uh, make sure you check out the wonderful podcast network that Let's Chat is a part of, The Misfits Network, themisfitsnetwork.com. The episodes available SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, podcast.com. Anywhere you could find a podcast, you can find this episode. And uh, again, Jason, thank you for coming on. Always a pleasure really talking to him. Super nice, super funny. And uh, he's going to come back. Cause, and uh, if anyone's in Vancouver, go find them at the bus stop and uh, be a guest. All right, let's get to it. Let me ask you that question because you're a fellow podcaster and you've you, yes. I've, I, you've been guesting on other shows. I thought um, I loved your episode of the Hillbilly Hillbilly Nerd podcast. Oh, thanks. Those guys. Are, I actually started really. I really dug that show, so I started listening to it um, after you were on. Um, do you? If you're on the show, do you listen to it? Absolutely. Yeah, I don't. I've been on a bunch, and I won't listen after I record it. I'm like, really? Eh? Yeah. I wonder why. Do you listen to your own stuff? Only the edit, and then that's it. Okay. 
I did at one point. At one point, I was like super into it. I was like, oh my god. And now it's more self-deprecating. Like, why, why do I mumble and talk so much? Let the guest talk. See, I think for me, uh, initially when we first did the podcast, and uh, you know, and it was kind of a whole new thing. And I remember listening back, and, and you know, and you just kind of don't want to hear your own voice. It's just kind of awkward. And then that kind of switched to where. Um, almost a little narcissistic where I think I, I enjoyed listening to myself and would like laugh at my own jokes. <laughs> I love when I make myself laugh. Yeah. It, it's kind of fun. I do that too. Sometimes I'll say something and I, you know, I, 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 the way I've been doing it now, it's like I record like a bunch. I try to do like a lot in a short period of time and then, tr- and I put out one a week, sometimes two if I have too many, which is a good feeling. And then, um, so like sometimes I go to, to listen to the episode to edit back, sometimes we're talking like a month later. I I have no idea what happened. So sometimes if you wait a little while, it is yeah. coming back upon it with like a fresh set of ears. I'm like, yeah, I did good. Yeah, the only thing I have to be careful of is a lot of times, um, you know, especially doing it with someone else, like doing it with Airfon, and, and, and sometimes, you know, I might have uh, a rough idea of what I want to do, and then and then once we get into conversation, it just it takes a turn somewhere else. And then uh, later I'm listening back and I'm like, oh, like I forgot to say this or I forgot to say that, right? So I got to just kind of watch myself in terms of not beating myself up over that, right? So Yeah, notepad. I have to take notes and be like, all right, I know I need to say this, 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 and that. Right. Yeah, I've, I've, I feel like I've definitely had episodes of people on for, and they're on for a reason to promote something and that's like the thing we talk about the least. Right, right. <laughs> which, which I kind of like though because like that's one of the things I like about like podcast especially like the bigger ones like i like nerdist and the wtf with mark maron where like it's like oh they're out to promote this movie and then it's almost like a break for the person because they're like just let your hair loose be a person and you know talk about the project but if you don't want to who cares it's just who are you yeah absolutely and i think i listen when i listen back i have a um i think i have a greater appreciation for airflon because a lot of times in the moment um, we're going back and forth and sometimes I'm inside my own head as far as where I'm going to steer the conversation or what question I'm going to ask. And so listening back, you know, I catch the different nuances that maybe I missed when I was actually doing it. And then I, and then, and then I love it. Right. And I start laughing. I'm so glad you guys, are, you stuck it out. You guys are still doing it. Still doing it. We're actually, uh, you know what? We're at the year mark. Wow. That's a big mark. Yeah. For like, you know, it's, it's a cool feeling, right? Cause I feel like, uh, even since I've only done it for maybe o- over a year, so which isn't very long, but you know, for me it is, cause yeah. I'm not usually one to commit to projects like this and stick with it. Right. And I've seen a lot of, I've met a lot of people through this who, uh, have had shows that already buckled under, so I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm still here. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and, you know, and we're steadily growing, which is a good feeling, so I feel like we haven't, we haven't plateaued yet. We're still we're still getting new fans, and we're still and we're still growing. So that's uh, so that's fun. Yeah, it's so great. Like the more you do it, the more like the more cool opportunities. Uh, uh, yeah, same here. Like ev- everything has gotten bigger and better and better in a, in a good way. Like everything just it's weird, right? I don't know if if, if there's like a moment, and I I feel like I feel like everyone has a show or any, anything you do. It's like. It's like all these little things that lead to big things. So, like, the littlest tiny thing when it happens doesn't seem – just leads to something else. And it leads to something else. Yep. Uh, I wanted to ask you – I love the episode that you had with um, the female dominatrix. I forgot her name. Sasha Misery. Yeah, I follow her on Twitter, too. She's really funny. 
Yeah, so it's funny that you brought that up because I was just about to say that that was kind of, I think, one of the tipping points for us is, you know, that that interview, um, you know, it seemed like after that, everything just started kind of spiking. Right. I think I think I think that episode generated a lot of buzz and a lot of interest. And then and then luckily some people hung around after that episode. So, well, yeah. So anyone listening to this, I definitely recommend you go back and check out the bus stop podcast. But can you want to talk about that episode? Because that felt like a departure episode in a way like you guys were like, it was a really great fucking episode. And, you know, we we spend like I said, we hit the one year mark and, you know, and, and obviously the whole premise of the show is. We do it live at a bus stop, and I think that in itself creates kind of a, a unique environment because, you know, you obviously have the sounds of the street. You have the random walk-ups. Um, it just, I feel, and, and I mean, you listen to it, so you can maybe give me your feedback, but I mean, I think it creates a bit of an environment for a listener that you start to kind of imagine, you know, okay, where are these guys sitting? What, what's what's happening? You know, um, it, it just, yeah, it creates a, an ambience, right? Um that I think it can let your imagination go wild. So when we decided to do this interview with Sasha and, 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 uh, you know, we felt that part of it had to be done at her place because it's set up like a dungeon and, um, <laughs> and, and, and to get the full experience, we had to kind of dive into that world. And, you know, I think I was a little bit nervous because yeah, it wasn't our normal premise. So it felt, you know, I think, and I'm sure you feel it too. I mean, when you when you kind of change up your routine, it, 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 you know, you're worried that maybe the energy is going to be different, or um, you know, something's going to change. So, yeah, there, there was definitely nerves going in. There was nerves because of the guest. There was nerves because it was a, a change of scenery. Um, but again, I mean, I think being in that environment for the listener, hearing it described. Again, your imagination is kind of going wild, right? You're trying to imagine, okay, what is this dungeon that the the guys are in, right? Um, and like yeah, such a humanizing experience, because I I don't know that world at all, and to hear her talk, like, and she had a very fascinating story on top of that, where she was in a the car accident, absolutely couldn't work, and then she definitely, it, man, shoot, and like I follow her on Twitter too, and she's really fucking funny. But like in that episode too, like you could hear your no. I, I really liked that episode. I was like, I was like, oh wow. I was like, it's weird because I feel like because like uh, my show, I get to interview a lot of people, and then uh, sometimes I kind of feel like I become like friendly with the guests afterwards. Like I keep in touch online, so it's like like you know. And those are the people I like. I definitely will listen to their shows if there's like a personal connection. So right. like I was listening to, it, I was like, I'm really proud of these guys. This is awesome. Thanks, man. Yeah, it was, um, yeah, there's definitely, like I said, there's definitely nerves. Um, and again, I think it was just, it was a little outside of our element. And then once we kind of got into it, and like you said, she's got a fascinating story. Funny enough, we we're actually the first people that interviewed her. And then a couple weeks later, she was on like, uh, 2020. Right? Um, like how, like ahead of the game were you guys on that one? Yeah. So that, so that was pretty cool. And, um, yeah, it was just, you know, my funny part, uh, or the part I enjoy the most when listening back is just, if you pay attention real close, there's this small moment where you can hear Erfan under his breath where she was about to show us, um, I guess I won't spoil the whole episode, but, you know, we were going to get her to test something on us. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, for a volunteer. And if you listen closely, you can kind of hear Erfan under his breath kind of say to me, like, I can't do it, man. I have a family. And uh, <laughs> it, 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 it cracks me up every time I listen to it. You know, you have to really pay attention because it's kind of faint. Um, but when she walked away to kind of go get her gadgets, and he just kind of looked at me, and, and under his breath, he was just like, yeah, man, I got a family. I can't do it. 
it, it's strange because when you 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 were you've been on the show before and your episode like um you your episode was really popularly downloaded and you seem to be the one guest that like I run into like I don't know if you have this in your show but people I feel like people I know like in my life uh, right. probably don't listen to this at all and I ran into um Joe who runs Square Pop where I post my episodes squarepop.com yep and we were uh going to like a yard sale and I was like, oh, it'd be so cool to, like, have a microphone going and we could record it through our phone. And I swear to God, out of nowhere, he just turns. He's like, oh, you could do it like uh, the Bus Stop Podcast dude that you guys had. That was a great episode. Like, out of nowhere, like, I, I, like, froze. I was like, you listen to my show? Yeah, that's awesome. But it was your episode. This is, like, three or four weeks ago. Right. And, and then I guess he must have gone to listen to your show because I think he he was, like, quoting a couple of things you guys had said. I was cool. like, oh, wow. It's that weird it's- moment. Like, it oh. is funny. It is funny because there's a lot of people. I mean, there's there's a handful of people, obviously, in my in my personal life that I know listen to it religiously. But I mean, you know, based on the number of downloads and things like that, there's clearly a, a lot of people that are like closet listeners, and so you never know who who's listening, right? You never know who in your network or who in your world is is actually listening. And sometimes, yeah, people will make a random comment, like. You know, especially because I share a lot of personal stuff. And, yeah, you like to talk about the dicks. It's hilarious. I love it. You know, I remember I remember one of our early episodes, um, you know, I I shared the fact that I often sit when I pee. And, uh, and Why? I, and I remember and I remember just, you know, it was just one of those moments where you just kind of blurt something out. And um, and at that time, I mean, we were pretty new at this. And, and yeah, I remember a couple people kind of mentioning in passing, like, oh, hey, man, like, I, I sit when I pee too, <laughs> and it was like this weird, this weird thing. Like I somehow connected with uh, with other men who were closet um, sitting down peers. Is that just a comfort thing for you? I don't know where that comes from. I don't know if I was scolded as a child for missing the bowl or um, or, or or what it is, but yeah, it's a uh, it's it, it feels natural unless I'm in a public washroom. Yeah. So, but like, at- so if is it like you have time? You're like, I got no need to rush. Yeah, just just take a seat. Just take a seat and uh um, little stinker tinker. That's where you you know, <laughs> you play on the phone. Like you say you go into the bathroom and then you just play on the yeah. internet for like twenty minutes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then you know, there's no there's no there's no spillage, there's no there's no wildness that you gotta clean up and uh yeah, the only my only thing is obviously if it's a if it's a public washroom then I'll do the traditional standing. But um you know, Yeah, I, I don't know where it comes from. It's just it's second nature to me, but it was just it was funny because I realized when I said it how odd of a thing it was, and yet people were coming up to me afterwards saying, hey, man, me too. I'm pretty sure I do that at work or any job I've ever had because it's kind of like, well, I don't want to go back to my job because I don't smoke cigarettes or I don't, I don't smoke at all. Uh, right. So, like, it's always been, like, an excuse to use a break. So I feel like maybe I do that in, not in my home life. I don't know. I don't know. I never pay attention to my pee habits, but now I think I might. Yeah, and, and 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 going back to you know since we're talking about P, going back to the uh, um, to the dominatrix episode. I mean, again, that was an episode that you know, just like you said, a lot of people were like, "Wow, you know, that was a really great episode." Yet again, I walked away from it going, "Fuck, there's like another hour of questions I could have asked." Like, there's just so much of that world that you could dive into, right? Like, um, yeah, I, I should have asked her if if she's you know, peed on anyone or if someone shit on her or, like, you know, there's just so many yeah. questions you can ask. And she seemed pretty hip to open it. But you know what, though? I kind of like that um, that you guys were avoiding those, those like, kind of basic questions because I feel right. like you guys connected on, a, like, a really human level and you weren't just being like, do guys pee on you? And then 
you right. were asking different questions and getting like real honest responses of a person who was there. And I really respected her. And she's like, this is my job. Yeah. And no, and I appreciate you saying that because I mean, I think that was, you know, that was something going in that I wanted to do is yeah, here, here is, you know, I mean, a world that's very taboo and um, yeah. How do we humanize this, this girl? And um, yeah. And I mean, you listen to her talk. I mean, She's articulate. She's professional. Um, you know, she's not having sex for money. Um, and not to say that that's even bad if she did, but it, you know. It, but I'll be honest. I I I didn't I didn't know the difference. I was just uneducated in that area, and right. I thought that that was the same thing as prostitution. And I I just didn't know. So it was like, yeah, maybe we weren't too afraid to ask. It's just I don't know for whatever reason I never had explored that aspect of life. And like, one hour in my commute one day to work, I just got to learn all about dominatrix in vancouver i was like oh really you don't you don't even have sex with these dudes so and then yeah. by the end of that episode i was like i don't think you're weird i think the people that come in there are like the ones we should be looking at differently and but that's their choice two consenting adults can do whatever they want that's that's okay absolutely and like you said you follow her on twitter and i mean you see there's like i mean guys I, the part that i still can't wrap my head around and she explained it a bit on the show was the financial domination. Like, I, I'd never even heard of that. I oh, my even God, me either. Um, but, I mean, yeah, you follow her on Twitter, and, and, and I mean, there's guys that she, she has her wish list, and, and they buy her her dresses, her shoes. They buy her everything um, or just straight up send her money or gift cards, and there's nothing in return. It's just they like to be a slave um, and throw, and give their money away. She, I, I'm going to have to put a plug for her in the beginning because – I love, too, when people are sexist to her on Twitter, and she just fucking destroys them. Uh, <laughs> so fucking smart. I love when anyone does that, but um, uh, there's another comedian I follow on Twitter, Jen Kirkman, who does yeah. that and just fucking slaughters dudes who fa- say, like, stupid sexist shit. And it's, yeah. it's, it's, oh, my God, it's so funny. Yeah, it's... Uh, what was her name? Sasha? Sasha Misery. Sasha Misery. Everyone follow her, because... Uh, very fun. I love too when people like try to get free stuff out of her, and then yeah. she just goes on these tirades about these fucking bitches and shit. It's so fucking Absolutely. awesome. Absolutely. <laughs> that's so Yo, so, yeah. I mean, that was again going back. That was kind of um. That's one of those episodes where now you know I think we've set the precedence for ourselves to be able to once in a while step away from the bus stop, right? So, um, you know, I don't know what's in store going forward, but uh, yeah. Well, what about David Duchovny? Did that pan that, out? No, that's what, you know, that's what we're, we're striving for. And again, I mean, I think, like we've talked about before, you have to dream big, right? So, yeah. I mean, you know, I just go in with the attitude of, why not? Why not David the company, right? So, um, you know, there's enough celebrities that come through Vancouver that, uh, I think we just need to, to keep trying and, and maybe one day, you know, we'll catch someone on the right day and who knows. What I've noticed, um, even for myself, like I've uh, been fortunate enough to be a guest on shows now, um, the more episodes you have built, the more likely you are to get someone with more of a statue to say yes. Right. Because um, I was one time a guest on a show, and it just never aired. I don't know if the show were done. I have no idea what happened. And now I'm like, fuck that. I'll, it was like a new show, and I was like, oh, yeah, and I just really was eager to get my name out there. And I was like, I don't care who hears it. And, and then all of a sudden I was like, now I'm like offended by it, and so I'm like, if and I'm I'm nobody, right? I'm not like a fucking famous person. I'm not even like I'm begging to be on shows at, at that level. But right. like, so like, if I was going to be on a podcast, if I seen there's like two episodes or like sixty, I'm more likely to go on the one that has the sixty because it guarantees it's going to be out. 
So I think, yeah. you know, the more you do it, I think it just leads to bigger bigger things. And you have um, Arrow and Flash shoot up there. You should try to go after some of those people because uh, that would be amazing. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, I mean, and you know, I don't know, I, you know, we don't have a specific structure, so it's not like you, we can go and say, hey, this is this is our show and this is what we talk about, and so maybe people check it out and they hear a bunch of dick stuff and they go, oh, yeah. This, yeah. this isn't for me, <laughs> you know, but... Um, but then, you know, if you've listened to any episodes where we do have a guest, I mean, you know, we, we we certainly dive into all kinds of stuff, so. Yeah, start with, like, a PA, you know, start small. Try to find someone who has a tie to the show and work your way in, or or anyone. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's super fun. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So I did, but while we're here, we have to, I have to ask you about Friends. How far did you get into the Netflix binge? Finished it. All right, I did, I, I did not, I kind of stopped around season six. Yeah, no, once, um... I got to about season seven and it started fading and it became, it became at that point just, um, just had to do it out of, out of principle. It was like, yeah. it's like when you get those, those sub cards, right? And they give you the stamps and you get 12 stamps and you get a free sub. It was like that kind of thing. I felt like that. <laughs> yeah. I got, I got to get to the end just for, you know, the, yeah, just have to do it. Even though I would say there's probably a couple seasons in there, like eight and nine where, you know, I don't know if I was fully paying attention to the episodes. I was probably playing on my laptop while it's on. Um, but Where does Aisha Tyler come in? She's season 10? You know what? She came in twice, which I didn't realize that uh, until watching it through again. But I, I don't remember what season it was in, but she made a like a one or two episode appearance where she was a new girl moving in the neighborhood. And, um, and uh, Joey and Ross are trying to both get a date with her. And it's like a one episode thing. And then she disappears for two episodes and then she comes, or I mean two seasons and then comes back, but as a totally different character. Oh, no fucking way. Yeah. Yeah. I love her. I, do you ever listen to her show? Girl no, and Guy? I, no, is it good? Yeah, it's the best. I think she might have the best podcast. She has really cool guests. Uh, yeah, she's one of the, I, she's fucking, she's one of the few uh, host, including myself, that doesn't talk about themselves at all, which kind of sucks because I really like. I, I just think she's so talented. But uh, yeah, she, it's a really good show. Uh, she just had. I just listened to the one with uh, the Joe from The Flash, uh, Jesse L. Martin, and okay. then uh, Sam Rockwell. She's just fucking great. But yeah, get some Vancouver. But yeah, I gotta. You know what I did notice about Friends was kind of like with The Simpsons, like the episodes that I remembered, like the, I would call it classic Simpsons, yep. like classic Friends, they were all right next to each other. It was like, there would be like this episode of Friends that I remember thinking was the greatest episode ever, and it was next to, and it would be both before and after an episode that I also thought was fucking brilliant. Like seasons one to five are just like, fuck. I mean, yeah. it's... It's perfect. It's really fucking good. It's smart. It's well written. It's it's fucking brilliant. The only thing that kept those last couple seasons afloat for me were the fact uh like Joey's character was really good, and um and Phoebe was pretty funny, and and they kind of they kind of became like a buddy team, and uh and and that's the only thing that kind of kept it afloat for me. And interestingly enough, both of those are the people I think who had careers that do TV shows now that I find the most fascinating because uh, she did the comeback, which they just did a second season on HBO. Yeah. Which is, if I had never saw it, but it's one of the most brilliant pieces of art I've ever seen. It's uh, on HBO, two seasons, everyone should watch it. And then I've heard episodes is equally as great. It's just like, 
on Showtime, which I don't have Showtime, but I've heard Matt LeBlanc has just been, like, killing it. Huh. But everyone else is in stuff, too. Like, I still, you know, Matthew Perry you see all over. Yeah, he's had a, he's had a few tries at other sitcoms. They don't really last very long, but I mean he's had he's had a few a few goes at it. Yeah, and then um, yeah, the, all of them are still. Yeah. Jennifer yeah. Aniston probably the most successful. Who? Jennifer Aniston. She's probably had. The oh most yeah, successful. Rachel. Yeah. yeah, and I know they're all friends too. Yeah. Because I heard Lisa Kudrow on one of the Kevin Smith podcasts, and he was like asking all about it, and she's like. They all haven't been in the same room because they, but they're all like friends and email chains and stuff. Like they're all still pals, and I think that's kind of cool. Except for Ross, apparently Ross is holding up all the reunion stuff. Really? Yeah. I don't know how I feel about reunion stuff. Like I love it and I hate it because I feel like I get so excited for it, and then it happens, and I'm like, no, eh, now what? But if they did like a, you know, the new trend with the Netflix thing, if they did like a a six episode Netflix special or something like that, yeah. That, that you know, like that would do well, I think. I, I liked um, Seinfeld how they they kind of did a reunion within Curb Your Enthusiasm. Right. I think maybe for Friends they should just do like a talk show, like a skit. So oh. it's like like kind of how like they do. Fallon did that thing with the uh, with um. Saved by the Bell. Yep, Saved by the Bell and Full House. Yes. Yeah, yeah. the Full House, and then yep. Jimmy Kimmel did the Friends one, which was pretty great. Yeah. No, that would be cool. Yeah, I, I'm curious to see how this new Full House is going to be. Yeah, I'm not buying into it. No, I mean, because Full House isn't good. Like, we love it because we were that age and we feel, but it it wasn't very good. No, I mean, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna center it around, like, kind of like the weakest characters, right? Like, it's going to be about uh, DJ growing up with her own kids now. Like uh, I thought you were going to say the twins, but I couldn't remember their name. Alex and Nikki, I wanted to... Insert yeah. a funny joke, and then I couldn't even remember their names. <laughs> so yeah, and and I think Kimmy Gibbler is in it and stuff, and it just it's kind of like uh, you're kind of basing the whole show around kind of the weakest characters, right? So yeah, it's like Girl Meets World, which I also don't watch. What is it about our generation that we just felt nostalgia way too quick? Yeah, I would rather see a Full House where it was just the three boys, and it was like they're like all like single in Vegas or some shit like that would be yeah, funny. A, a Danny Tanner, fucking Jesse. Yeah. And Joey, Jesse Kanopoulos? Uh, yeah. Kanopoulos? Something like that. It's very Greek, because I remember his evil brother. Uh, yeah, like, that would be kind of cool to see that. If it was, like, a hangover-type situation, but... Right? Thing, that would, that would, I would, I would watch that. Well, Aunt Becky's got to be there, because she was great. Yeah. And maybe, like, the kids pop in, but, yeah, I kind of want to see them as, like, adults. Exactly. Exactly. I, but, I mean, good for Netflix, right? They're just fucking killing it right now with, like, everything. Like, uh, the Judd Apatow's doing the Pee Wee fucking movie, uh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Like, they seem to be just kind of, like, where all the networks and studios are just dropping these, like, gold mines. They're just like, we'll take whatever you're not doing. You know what? They could even, you could even, you could even take the full house, take those three dudes, and you could almost do, like, uh, like an HBO, like, entourage type vibe. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe Joey's, you know, comic career takes off and, you know, he's super famous and the other two guys are hanging out with him or, um, you know, Jesse's rock band really takes off. Like, yeah, if anything, the Rippers took off, not Joey. Yeah. So you could, you could do, you could do like a whole entourage type of, type of deal. Or what if like Wake Up San Francisco goes syndicated? Yeah, exactly. See, if I was in charge of Full House, here's my pitch for Full House. Wake Up San Francisco gets canceled 
Danny falls into like morning radio, isn't doing so well, and turns into shock jock status, and is a straight up dirty filth comedian that Bob Saget really is. Really? Jesse's still a hard rocking dude. Joey's just the fucking touring comedian that never really fully made it, but enough to work. And it's just a show about three kind of dirty dudes holding on to their glory days. Netflix, yeah. welcome. Absolutely. Full House meets Entourage meets Californication. Right? Oh, my God. Like, it's, yeah, do you think, like, Danny Tanner is banging Kimmy Gimbler? Like, <laughs> like weird-ass shit. <laughs> Mr. I Tanner, would... shut up, Gimbler. <laughs> I would watch that show. Yeah, I'm going to watch, I'm going to make that. I wish I, like, had... They had sex scenes. You know that they would be, they would be the fucking shit that you, you talk about for days. Because, you know, Joey would have some weird sex thing with his little beaver puppet. It would be someone who looks like Alanis Morissette going yeah. down on him in a theater. <laughs> he's like, he's like, he, he like, yeah, I don't know. He's going down on chicks like with the beaver puppet, right? <laughs> yeah, that would be it. That it would totally be Mr. Woodchuck. Yeah, Mr. Woodchuck going down on some beaver. It's awesome. Oh my god, just the sexual puns. Did somebody say wood? <laughs> like this is see, this is the show I want to watch. I think we should pitch it. I know, and then um, we can use a lot of blink. I know we're also we found out after we were uh, after you around that we're both uh, closeted or maybe very open blink one eighty two fans. Dude, I uh, I was I was very much uh, a copycat Tom DeLonge. Like I want like, there was a, a period in my life where I wanted to be Tom DeLonge. I had the Hurley T shirts. I had the lip ring. Oh, had, the lip ring. Yeah, I had the side lip ring. I had the, you know, always wearing kind of the sideways, backwards baseball cap. Um, that was totally that was totally my look for a little bit there. Singing out of key. Yeah, exactly. Hey, Mom, there's something in the backyard. Exactly. Actually, oh. funny enough, I was just, because yeah, after we talked about um, Blink on Twitter and stuff, I was watching um, on YouTube. So, much music, which is, you know, the, the Canadian version of MTV, I guess. Um Back in, like, 2000, when Blink was first kind of really becoming mainstream, um, they had this, like, spring break special where they played in Daytona on Much Music, and, and I found it on YouTube and watched it, and it just it totally took me back, and uh, it's still one of my favorite performances to watch. What song? Uh, it, was like, it was, like, a 40-minute set. Oh, fuck. Is this off Dude Ranch era? No, this was, like, when Enema of the State just came out. Oh, so man. they're so they're still playing like you know pathetic and, and 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 a bunch of dude ranch tracks and then obviously mixing in what's my age again and all the small things. Um, they played like Peggy Sue. Um, if you look it up, go uh, go to YouTube and go like Blink One Eighty Two Much Music Sand Job. And uh, yeah, I'm gonna and, definitely do that for sure. Yeah, it's like a forty minute. Yeah, it's like a forty minute set from like yeah from like ninety nine or two thousand. What color is Mark's hair? Uh, brown. Okay, this isn't blonde Mark Hoppus era. Oh, this would have been, yeah, this would have been, like, great. Right this is when, like, Travis just joined the band, right? So, oh, they kick Scott out, and then they take yeah. off. Yeah. Poor Scott. But I remember that, I remember that was, like, the, yeah, they played, like, Carousel, and it was just, it was just a fucking awesome set. I was, like, really, I had a C, I was in a CD club, which, I don't know, did you guys have those in Canada? You just got ripped off, basically, where it was, okay. like, a dollar for 12 CDs. Oh, I know you're talking like Columbia House or whatever. Yeah, and then you're like, oh, this is great. And then they send you a CD every month, and then they yeah. make it impossible for you to return it, and then they charge you, like, 
an absurd amount of money, and then your parents have to call, and you get in tra- It's a whole thing. But I ended up having Dude Ranch uh, because of that before. Uh, I was in, I'm 30, so I was in eighth grade, and Dookie was popular, and, like, Bush. And I think it was because um, whatever my whole life, whatever's cool, I always tend to not to be not I always find the, the thing that was like, well, I can't afford that. Let me get the cheaper version of that. So I think within a few years after Green Day, I found Blink-182. But I didn't really, really, really fall in love with them until high school with um, between a friend of mine and my friend Crystal, who I just saw tonight, and yeah. a different girl I was dating at the time. Uh, so I listened. I had li- I loved Dude Ranch at one point, And I even had, like, an old Blink-182 T-shirt with a rabbit. Oh, yeah, yeah. My dad used it as, like, his lawn mowing shirt. And I'm like, damn it. <laughs> and um, then, yeah. And so then I found, like, and then my cousin Nick and I just fucking uh, became obsessed. And we would listen to uh, Dude Ranch and Fly Swatter and Buddha, like, yep. obsessively. And I love that. I actually, I still have a special place in my heart for Enemy in the State. It's a very good album. You know what? That album is, you know, it's obviously, you know, quite polished and, and everything like that. But, I mean, it's just one of those ones you throw on and it's just, Great song after great song, and quick, right? It's like 35 minutes, 40 minutes. No skippers, and you, you just kind of put it on, and you're like, all right, I'll just put it on for a sec, and then in 35 minutes, your life is just gone. Yeah. But Dude Ranch uh, is the one I go back to the most. Yeah, Dude Ranch has, but, you know, Dude Ranch, I agree. Dude Ranch is, uh, yeah, there's some, that apple shampoo and um, pathetic. And, I mean, the opening of the album of uh, the... I knew it was pathetic, and then like that fucking like kind of like choppy machine gun drum. Just yeah, I I this is so bad. I remember like I think I was dating a girl in high school, and we were both obsessed with Blink One Eight Two, and uh, we went to like we have like in the town I grew up in in Connecticut, um, we had a Burger King castle. It it was one of four in the whole country. It's not even an important story, but there's basically an arcade. It's Burger King Castle. It had an arcade attached to it. It was like a test market that never took off, and they had these, like, toy crowns. And I think one of, like, our first dates, we had gone there, and I remember, like, for a present, I think, I remember taking the crown and, like, writing lyrics to a Blink-182 song in it and then changing the lyrics to fit us. (laughs) Oh, nice. I think it's the song where it's like, if you're feeling scared, remember the times we shared, you know what meant everything to me. Great song. And I'm sure I, like, you know, I'm, like, 16 at this point, maybe 17, trying to be, like, a what is, I don't know if that's a good idea. That's either, like, really stupid or really sweet. I'm going to let the listener decide. You know, it was, uh, you know what, Dude Ranch was, the only thing is, I will say is, I think why Enema of the State is so good, too, is that, you know, Travis made a huge difference. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Well, he's from the Aquabats, which I fucking love. And now those are the dudes who do um, Yo Gaga Gaba. Yeah, I think I think I just think that like where they were able to go and some of the stuff they were able to do was because of him joining the band. Right. Like there's some great songs on Dude Ranch that, you know, would be even better if it was a different drums. Right. So. Oh, yeah. And he's way too good for that band. And I, I always get blown away of how big Blink got. Because yeah. they, like, they're good, but they're not that good. And they know nope. it. Yep. And Mark is the, I, I actually, I'm actually just a big Mark Hoppus fan, because I used to listen to his podcast. He hosted a show on Fuse for a while. Yeah, I remember just, that show on Fuse. That was good. Yeah, he's just a funny fucking dude. Actually, I remember um, when, so when Blink broke up the first time, and uh, Angels and Airwaves started, and then Mark and Travis did, um... Oh, Plus 44? 
Plus 44, yeah. And so within like a month of each other, uh, they came through Toronto. I saw both bands in like a small club. Oh, and, man. Um, it was fucking rad because I remember Plus 44 came through and it was like, uh, it was a, it was a club that was probably, I don't know, maybe 1500 people, 2000 people and just killer sound. And I remember being blown away because here's Travis. He had a broken arm at the time. And so he had an arm in a cast that was just kind of like stuck out and he basically just drummed with one arm and, and two legs and, and, and was just you know, typical Travis just going nuts. And I just had such a great appreciation for that because I'm thinking this is like a side project band. Like he's already made his millions. Like there's no, he has every reason in the world to just say, Hey, like cancel the tour. I can't, I broke my arm. Um, but the fact that he has that much passion to play, he figured out how to play with a casted arm. Wow. Yeah. I, I liked Angel and Airwaves better than plus 44. Yeah. The Angels and Airwaves was, uh, again, same club. It was a great show, and um, I actually got to meet Tom DeLonge that day. That was like uh Were you dressed as him? No, luckily. Uh, because, you know, you know, he kind of changed his look by then, right? So I kind of got rid of the that whole look. But, um, yeah, we were going to go see the show, and we were walking downtown Toronto, and there was a radio station, like an alternative rock radio station, and it's probably like 4 in the afternoon or something, and we just happened to be walking by the, the studio, and it's on – there's like an open window on the street so you can kind of like just watch the uh, the DJs and kind of hang out on the street and listen to the show. And we just happened to be walking by and we heard them say that Angel Airways was coming by. And so we're like, oh, fuck. So, you know, we when they went to a commercial break, we just kind of asked like what was going on and stuff. And they said, hey, just like hang out and, you know, we'll, we can fit a few people in the studio here. So next thing I know, a van pulls up and uh, Tom and the rest of the band gets out and they walk right by us into the thing, and then later, like, a studio manager or whatever came out and grabbed us and a few other people, and we got to, like, sit in on a studio while they did their interview, and then during commercial breaks, the band would, like, interact with us, and we got some autographs and shit, and... Oh, my God! Yeah, it was, like, the fucking coolest thing ever. Do you ever, like, go on Wikipedia and look up Angels and Airwave? Because some of the dudes in that band were, like, members of bands that are way fucking bigger. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Like, I think one of the dudes from The Offspring was... or. The drummer was from The Offspring, I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they had a bunch of members of bands who were members of bigger bands at one point, either before or after. And that show was and that show was really cool because, you know, I don't even think the album had come out yet. Like, this was like, they did the show and the album was coming out the next week or something. So I think, you know, The Adventure was on the radio and that was about it. And I've had that in my head ever since we started this conversation about them. I just have that song in my head that... Yeah. I remember being in this club, and again, you know, I'm sure you know because you've been in lots of shows. I mean, just the sound in a small club compared to a stadium is just a very different vibe. And that album is kind of a, it's kind of like a trippy, it's kind of a trippy album in terms of like just the, the, the sonic sounds of it. And it just kind of like takes you away. You can get a little lost in it. And to hear some of those songs for the first time in this really small venue and just, it was just, it was, it was odd. It was odd and it was like really cool. What is the name of that venue? I've been to Toronto once, and I went to... Phoenix. What's it called? The Phoenix. I wonder if that's where I went, because it was a really small venue where the Get Up Kids played their last show. That's the same world, and there was, like, a bar on the side. Possibly. There's a yeah. few few small venues. Uh, oh, okay. I didn't know how many. Yeah, there's had. the Cool House, there's uh, Phoenix, there's, there's a bunch. I mean, that's what's so great about Toronto, is that you have, on any given night... Um, 
you know, there could be so many bands in town because, you know, if you're a band that can sell out a 2,000 seat place, there's like 10 venues for you to play. And if you're a band like U2 that can sell out, you know, 20,000 plus, there's two stadiums to do that. So, you know, and then there's a bunch of stadiums that are like, you know, or, or venues that are like 5,000, 6,000. So, I mean, because of that, you just have so many bands that come through, right? So I remember I remember the venue being one of the nicest venues I've ever been to. I wish I knew the name of it. Yeah. It was, uh, I saw the Get Up Kids Farewell Tour. I kind of feel like you're describing the cool house. I bet you it was the cool house. It was kind of by the water. That's the cool house, yep. Yeah, that's where I went. And it was, I remember being in the bar. I was 20, so I could drink, because in, in Canada you can. And yep. um, talking to this really, really pretty girl, because I, uh, I was 20. Um, just not even like a weird sexual way, just just con- I don't even know why I said it like that. We were just, I, I remember just standing next to some. <laughs> I remember just talking. What's that? No, I was just gonna say I remember Mark Hoppus saying that you know Canada had the most beautiful girls he's ever seen. So I just had to throw that in there. Yeah, well, he might be right. But so like I remember just talking to this girl and we were just having drinks and she was like from Long Island and um she's like oh I gotta go I gotta go play and she gets up on stage and she was the singer of Straight Light Run one of the singers. <laughs> oh shit. Which, uh, yeah, that was a cool venue, but man, um, but, um, I have to say, I didn't like Boxcar Racer, I didn't like, you know, it's weird, I kind of went through this phase where I stopped liking Blink, because I didn't like Take Off Your Pants and Jacket that much. No, that was weak. I didn't like, uh, the live album, I was really just, I was at a different point in my life where I just wasn't into it, and then when they came back, though, with that, um, the self-titled one, just Blink One yep. You Two. Yep. Wow, like I thought it showed like a lot of uh maturity, a lot of growth, and then I love neighbors. Yeah, neighbors I never fully got into. I think by that time I had just kind of given up on the whole thing. Right? Well, like they, a band like I, I go back to, you know what I mean? Like there's definitely yeah. some part of youth of that of, of those of that's a band that just that hit me at certain points of time when I don't you know, there's a certain th- there's certain things if you find at the right time and the right age, you'll love it forever regardless of its quality. Absolutely. I mean, the, you know, even the live album, I think at the time it spoke to me because it was a ton of dick jokes, right? So Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think I was being too pretentious at that point in my life. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm so over this. It's so popular. But now I'm like, it's a fun album, and I really like the Christmas song. Yeah. And but, then um, I love, I, I actually very much want to see them now that Tom is gone, and they have Matt Skiba of fucking Alkaline Trio, who I fucking love. Yeah, that should be interesting. I want to hear him sing Tom's parts. Like, yeah. It's going to be like, I, I th- I've heard he's going to be a full-time member. Really? Or touring member. I don't know how that's going to work. I don't know how it's going to work either because I think, I, I don't I don't know how the, the legalities of it work, but I mean. Yeah, I've heard that too because um, I've been reading Tom didn't quit. And if he doesn't officially quit, they can't really replace him, so to speak. I think he kind of has them on a, in a stranglehold. Yeah, they could perf- legally they could perform anything live, but they can't record. And yeah. Tom will get royalties. Like, yeah. when you get to a certain level of the band um, and you leave, you have to sign over certain things. It, it gets very messy with that stuff. Like, yeah. point, there's, like, point systems and, like, you have to, like, sign over. I, I don't know. Like, there's a lot of copyright law that goes into it, which I was like, oh, I never thought of that. Because uh, I always, you know, obviously, you're either a Mark Hoppus guy or a Tom guy. I think for me, I was a Tom guy. And, and then when all the shit started going down, it's like, yeah, you just kind of dislike them, right? Because, I mean, it seems like he just kind of, um, 
Yeah, he kind of has them by the nuts, and it's just kind of when he feels it's convenient, right? Like, it's like, you know, he'll take a few years off, and then, oh, okay, I'll do Blink, and then, uh, fuck it, I'm over it. And and the other guys just kind of kind of wait for him, for him, right? He sounds kind of sick, though. Like, when he talks about his alien stuff, you're like, dude, you need help. And, uh, and I, I work in, like, behavioral health, so I mean that in a sense of, like, you know, you actually need help, like... Right, you are being a little bit. Maybe I'm projecting, but he just when I read the stuff that he said online, it's like you're either trying to get me to get a reaction, or you're like legitimately delusional, and yeah. I'm kind of worried about you. Yeah, it's probably a bit of both. Yeah, yeah, you want you always wonder, but I, I don't think they've ever. As they said, they were never a band that was always you know, they uh they only got back together because Travis got in that plane accident. Yeah, but I mean, it must be kind of. Cr- yeah, what do you do, right? Like, how do you be in a band that that? Like, very few people will ever have that level of success, and it's very rare anyone in art gets to leave and then come back. Like that just doesn't happen. And now you have that, and you have one member just being like, "I don't want to do it." Like I'd be like, "Fuck it, I'm going without you, dude." Because they came back and they did that world tour, and like they were selling out. 20,000 people stadiums, and they had been gone for, like, five or six years or whatever, I, right? I didn't know that pe- people liked Blink that much when that happened. I know. It was it was kind of eye-opening that there was, was that, that the much. Blink 182 Green Day tour? No, this is way before. They did no, that- I, I was at that tour, though, the Green Day uh, Blink tour, and I went I went as a Blink fan and walked away a, a bigger Green Day fan because... I'm an asshole that didn't go. Green Day just fucking killed it like i was a casual green day fan you know when dookie was big obviously i i listened to that but i never really followed their career much and then um yeah when they did that tour it was just kind of eye-opening and it made me go back and and grab some green day cds so i know i remember i forgot what year that was but i think i was being a dick and it was just like i don't want to support a large venue or something stupid and i just didn't go and all of my friends went and talked about it and i'm still mad about it like, I heard Green Day, like, gave away their set and stuff. Like, it was supposed to be this amazing show. Because when it came to Connecticut, it got bundled up as a festival. So they headlined, and then there was a bunch of other bands. It was okay. our radio station that used to exist here, did it, uh, 104, which okay. um, I fucked up, man. I fucked up. They, um, I've actually never seen Blink Live. Really? Yeah, there's been a couple times I was supposed to for one reason or another, and then it would sell out or something would come up. Like, just... There's been two times where I've tried and it didn't happen. I saw them two or three times. I saw the the, the show with Green Day, and Green Day was awesome because they 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 did a like they brought kids up a, a onto the stage like some they brought a kid up to play drums, a kid to play guitar, a kid to play bass, and then and then Billy Joe sang, and uh, that was pretty rad. And then I saw Blink. Um, there was a summer festival that used to go on in Ontario. It was called like every summer it was like Bay Fest, and each year it got a little bit bigger. It started with Canadian bands, and then you know, there'd be some bigger uh, American acts that started coming in. And um, I remember this festival had, like, some 41 on the bill and uh, a couple you know, other Canadian bands and stuff like that. And then last minute, you know, I guess Blink was in the middle of recording that um, self-titled album, and they decided that they were going to fly to Sarnia, which is a small town in Ontario. They are going to fly there for this festival to try out some new songs. And um, so I flew down there last minute to go see it, and that's when they tried out, like, uh, a few tracks from that album and just fucking killed it. Were you in Vancouver? No, I was in Toronto at the time, and they were playing in a city that was probably about two and a half hours from Toronto, and it's like a little shit town, but um, for, for some reason, 
they always have this big festival every summer. Like, there's no reason to go to this town other than for this festival, and it just gets bigger and bigger every year. And um, I yeah. think all festivals are like that, right? Because I think yeah. even Coachella is just like this weird ass town in California, or yeah. like Bonnaroo, or is. I think there was a really cool festival in Montreal that I think is coming up in July that I wanted to go to, but I wasn't able to make it work. Yeah, I forget the name of that one. They have a big one every summer that, um, you know, like I know Eminem was there a couple years ago. And, like, it's usually, like, the, they, they managed to get one or two big acts that don't really tour a lot or haven't toured in a while, and they show up at that festival. So, um, yeah, it's, 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 pretty, it's pretty big. There's actually a couple big ones here in uh, the Vancouver area coming up in this summer, and the the headliners are like, uh, who was it? Uh, I know Drake is one of the headliners, but there was a couple big bands, too. But, yeah, there's there's the festivals. That's I think we're in a good age for live music because that's where the money's to be had, right? So more and more people are willing to do festivals and tour. I love that um, your country is wonderful and believes in the arts and, like, Drake or any music, there's like grants given to musicians, uh, you know, to help fund their careers in some sense. Because like, uh, there's a band from Ontario called Silverstein, and I heard yep. them talking about that. They got like a grant, they got a grant from the government to like pursue their passion, like you know, not millions of dollars, but like you know, a little like a stipend or whatever. I'm like, that's fucking awesome. And the radio stations and and much music, which I talked about earlier, they're required to play a certain amount of Canadian content. So, you know, if you know, if they're going to play a Lady Gaga video and then a uh, Britney Spears video, then the next three videos have to be Canadian artists, right? So, um, so again, it, sometimes, sometimes, to be honest with you, sometimes you're like, oh, man, like, why is this shit on here? Um, but at the same time, it's, it's mandatory to give a platform to Canadian artists, and that's not a bad thing. Yeah, I remember being up in Toronto and seeing Alexis on, Alexis on fire on TV and being blown yeah. away. Yeah, exactly. Much music was fucking awesome. Much music was great, and again, they had that open concept where they, you know, you could just hang out on the street, and they would have artists come through, and they had a big window that they'd open up, and you could just kind of hang out, and sometimes the artists would come outside, and it was, uh, yeah, it was great. I still can't get over that story about you had about Tom DeLonge, because when you said you met him, I, you know, I just thought you're like, oh, we peed next to each other, but like, no, I got to go into an intimate studio and hang out, like. Yeah, and and yeah, it was it was yeah, it was awesome. Um, But I have to take you back. Like, ten minutes ago, when you were telling the story about high school and the bands you were listening to, you mentioned Bush. Yeah. And, um, I have to go back, because I, I'm going to throw you a little trivia. Um, so, I was a big Bush fan when 16 Stone came out. Oh, good album, yeah. But in Canada, they were known as Bush X. So, I, I for the longest time, I just thought the band was Bush X. And what it was is, I guess, back in, like, the 60s, there was a Canadian band, not very successful, but a Canadian band uh, called Bush. And so when Bush made it big and started, you know, doing well in Canada, these guys put up a fight and said, no, you can't use that name. We already have that name. And so in Canada only, all the CDs and everything printed said Bush X on it. Weird. Yeah. So for the longest time, I thought that was the band's name. I thought they were Bush X. That's weird. That's so weird. So I, I never ha- knew that. Yeah, so I have 16 Stone, and uh, what was the album after that? Uh, <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah, I remember I had the song Greedy Fly and Swallowed, but I can't remember the album. But anyway, I probably have those two albums somewhere in a box, and, and I'll have to dig them out for you, because, yeah, both of them say Bush X on them. Yeah, I want to see that. 
Yeah. What, what album is Machine Head? That's that's Sixteen Stones. Yeah. And what song was it? They did a song for American Werewolf in Paris. Oh yeah, that was on a later album. I think that was like three albums was in. That or something. Alf? Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. There's a girl on my bus who was in, the, in middle school who was like just obsessed with Gavin Rossdale, like. So yeah, okay. so the next time the next time you're like in some sort of like uh, music trivia conversation with someone, um, well, you can you can push you can pull out you know some actually kind of- in Canada it was called the Butch X. <laughs> I hope that there's somewhere in my life where I'm talking about the, the band Bush. Yeah, <laughs> that isn't right here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Except I'll do that to the one person who listened to this episode and they'll call me out on it. <laughs> Because that's happened once or twice. Like, I'll hear something like Radiolab, and then, like, you repeat it, and they're like, you just heard that in Radiolab. You're like, yeah. Yeah. did. Oh, yeah. uh, fuck. I, I, I liked Bush, but they now it's that they're on, like, all the alt-rock stations are like, Rhode Island's alt-rock. Here's another round of Bush and Nirvana. So right. they kind of become that. And they weren't, I don't know, They I guess they were another band that weren't that good, but I like them. Bush was, Bush, you know, it came out at the right time. They had a good sound, you know, for the age I was at. It was something that, you know. Very good looking men. Yeah. And Gavin, I think, was like a, that was the whole thing. He was a sex symbol for sure. And, uh, but when you really listen to the lyrics, he had to have been like one of the worst um, writers. Like. Oh, yeah. I mean, like one of the lyrics is like, Mickey Mouse has grown up a cow. There's no sex in our violence. There's no sex in the violence. Got a yeah. machine head. <laughs> yeah, and um, better yeah. than the rest. Better machine than the rest. Head. Green to red. Yeah, a machine head. Like yeah, and, oh, they were really and the bass was like real easy, like really easy. like I could play that bass line and I don't even know how to play bass. Yeah, I mean you know I I, I would I would give them the benefit of the doubt and I would say okay you know maybe it's a metaphor but. All the songs were confusing like that, and it's like that's not metaphors. Those are those are just made up words. Yeah. Should I fly to Los Angeles? Find my asshole brother. Exactly. <laughs> and something about Elvis, right? Elvis. Uh, Elvis is dead. Elvis. I don't. I don't believe that Elvis is dead. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god! And then let's see. Other, but but swallowed was pretty good. Maybe it wasn't. I just remember really liking it. Do you remember the MTV performance where he performed in the rain? Yeah, but stop stop for a second and think about that. Swallowed, hollowed. Okay, never mind. It, it, it makes no sense. I don't think I ever paid attention to their lyrics. It was always yeah. like, yeah, and it's like, swallowed, hollowed, I wish everyone... Yeah. I wish everyone. Yeah. Yep. Glycerine was Glycerine was a great song, but again, it makes no fucking sense. What are the? How does that one go? I think it just says glycerine over and over again. Um. Bad news, something bad. Yeah. Bad news, wine again, glycerine. Yeah. I think my favorite song would have been that. Um. Uh, Come down. It had a killer riff at the beginning of that. Oh. Song. Cause I don't wanna come down, down yeah. this yeah, and it had that like boom, 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 and it just had like a. And I remember there was the, that movie with Mark Wahlberg and um, Alicia Silverstone. Wow, that's a that's a pair. No, sorry, no, not Alicia Silverstone. Uh, Reese Witherspoon, and they were both young. It was like it was like earlier mid nineties. 
So this is Marky Mark in the Funky Butch days. Exactly. And um and he's like this crazy guy. And there's a scene though where they're on the on a roller coaster and they get to the peak of the roller coaster and he puts his hand between her legs and starts like fingering her and then that bush song, I don't wanna come down, starts playing. And it's just every time I hear that song I just think of that scene in the movie. Oh, because they were on wait, you said they were on a carousel or a... They're on a roller coaster. A roller coaster, and they don't want the roller coaster to come down. I guess not. Yeah. I get it. What a great movie. <laughs> I don't even know what movie that is, but I like. I kind of remember that scene. It's called Fear, and it was like Mark Wahlberg was the, you know, he romances her and stuff, and then he's, he turns out to be like a psycho, and he like stalks her and like comes after the family and shit. That's much what I feel like Mark Wahlberg is like in real life anyway, so... <laughs> I don't know why. I just get that feeling from him, right? Yeah, yeah. Didn't he beat the shit out of a dude? Didn't he commit a hate crime? I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me if he before, did. Before, before he went to jail, like I think he like beat someone oh, yeah, up for being Asian. A, he beat someone with a pipe or something. Like it was pretty violent. And it was like because of the race. Was it? I I hope this is right because I know that uh, his people are going to listen to this and I'm going to get sued for slander against Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, I don't know. If, I mean, if it was raced, that would be kind of, you know, uh, I don't know. Yeah, only, yeah, no, I think because he recently tried to get it expunged, and it was like a thing. Maybe it was just because it was in like a Boston court, it was like local news. Gotcha. Yeah, it might have just because it was like, I think his family still lives in that area. Okay. That I don't know, I don't watch Wahlburgers. Yeah, I came across that show once, I didn't know it existed, and then I sat there... I think I was in a hotel room or something, and I see this guy that kind of looks like Donnie Wahlberg, but he's not. And he's, but not and he's good ma- looking. And he's making burgers, and I was, like, really confused, and then figured out that it was a whole reality show based on, like, yeah, the other brother, and, and I was like, that's fucked up. Well, that's what's funny about movie stars is, like, they're not good looking. <laughs> like, yeah. like, no one looks that way. Like, no one does. Like, it's amazing what makeup and and it's fucking ridiculous. Like, I've met, I've met famous people... And when they're not in make just like regular people, I'm like, oh my god, seriously? Yeah. Like they just, it's it's so like there was a great thing online a while back. It was like porn stars without makeup. Yes. And it was like, oh my god, no wonder why you do porn. No one's gonna recognize you. Well, you think normal, even normal chicks are so deceiving at that, right? So never mind. Yes, celebrities that have access to stylists and makeup artists and all. Oh that yeah, kind of, absolutely. I mean. You know, I remember, I think it's men that do it too. That's what's because you'll never see a male celebrity without the makeup. So it's like that's what throws you off the most because like women, you expect makeup because that's cultural, right? But yeah, no, it's yeah. I remember I got interviewed for the Today Show once, and the person interviewing me, like I was up close, she had like a pound of makeup on, and she was making fun of it, but it was like it's like oh yeah, and the thing, I, yeah, I think I yeah, it's I don't know, it's it. it kind of sucks, too, right? Because you're like, no one's that good looking. Yeah, but even, like I said, you know, normal chicks, I mean, when you go on these, like, dating websites and stuff like that, and you're oh, like, God, oh, yeah. you're like, oh, she's like, you know, she's like a 10, and then you meet her in real life, and she's like a 6, and you're like, oh, my God, happened? yeah. And people... the girls are very crazy. Like, if I take a selfie, if I was to take a selfie of myself, I would make myself look worse, because I just, I don't know, I don't know the angles or whatever. But... The, yeah, there's definitely that type that knows how to take the good angle, and, like, no, it's so true. They can That's shave so off the pounds with a with a certain angle, and or they 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 yeah they just it's completely different. It blo- it's mind blowing. And then there's, I mean, there's a whole book about selfies if you want to buy it by Kim, Kim Kardashian, one of uh, America's favorite exports. That's right. 
Sorry yeah. about that one. Yeah, I mean, really, you know, the stuff that goes on down there, to be honest with you, uh, I'm not ashamed of Beaver. I'm really not. Yeah, I know. Want- People get really mad about Beaver. I'm like, come on, guys, it's cool. Just let it be. Yeah, because, I mean, yeah, the Kardashians, like, fuck. Yeah. We're like, really? You know, at least I- Beaver can sing. At least Beaver can sing. He's doing something. He can dance. He can sing. Yeah, he's a bit of an asshole, but, I mean, who wouldn't be an asshole if you gave him millions of dollars at the age of 18? I think the funniest thing is when um, you get in arguments with, like, these, like, kind of faux arguments with people, and then they turn it into, like, something seriously political. You're like, uh... Like, if you're, like, at, like say, like, have a group of people and you're discussing, like, how much Justin Bieber sucks, and then you have that guy, like, well, actually, the U.S. imports much tobacco and guns into Canada, which is way worse than Justin Bieber, and then you, like, freeze, you're like, okay. Yeah, you got me. You, uh, you took it there. Yeah. That is a lot worse than Justin Bieber. Okay, I don't think you understand what we were talking about here. But yeah. I like to do that to people sometimes because it's, like, really funny to just go, like, way too serious. And it's like, uh, okay there. Did you see, so I have to bring this up, and, uh, you know, just as we're talking about Canada, U.S. stuff. Did you see that clip of um, Jeopardy where that dude, th- there's a whole category on Canadian cities? Oh, no. And- <laughs> And the guy, the guy went through like every question and 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 couldn't get like one right. <laughs> no. No. So it was it was it was um oh he was I don't know if he was with the Marines or in the Army or something. Well, why does that make it even better, right? Yeah, and 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 the cat. So the category was and, and the funny thing too is they showed I didn't see the whole episode I saw the clip, but you know Jeopardy they have obviously like say the seven categories or whatever, and it was near the end of the show so. Every category was cleared out, and the only category left was Canadian cities. Like, people purposely were dodging the, the Canadian category. And, um, and then, yeah, they were just, like, they didn't know any of the questions. They would just, like, throw at any city they could think of. Um, and as a Canadian, obviously, it's funny because you're like, oh, wow, they're so way off. But the other thing is, is it just speaks to the fact that, like, it's not surprising. Like, it's funny for me to watch it, but it's not surprising because it's just, you know – if you ask me trivia about America, I would probably – I'd get a passing grade, um, but it doesn't work vice versa. Yeah, we don't get taught it. I feel like an American would expect the Canadian to know our country, but we're yeah. not ever expected to know anyone else's country. Same with Mexico and Central America and South America. Yeah. Fuck, even the fact that I have to say Central America, and most people will skip that one. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like, if it's – yeah, I, I probably wouldn't do so well either. I, I know a bunch of – I know some of the bigger Canadian cities, but, like, how can you not know, like, Vancouver, Toronto, Montreal, like, Winnipeg or whatever? Exactly. Exactly. And there, you know... New Brunswick, like, fucking, um... There's just so many. Yeah, see, I mean, you, you, you probably would have you probably would have got at least a couple, but... How can uh, you not... And, like, Toronto's an international city, and not far from the, the East Coast. And, and uh, yeah, people, you know, people should know Toronto. You know, if you're a sports fan... Well, Toronto has a team in pretty much every major sport, so you it's a major. It's a major international city. Absolutely. And then Absolutely. Vancouver, they call Hollywood North. Exactly. And Montreal's fucking awesome. Exactly. Although I would not be able to name all fifty states. Uh, oh, please, I, I can actually. We did this game the other day. We were driving back from somewhere pretty far, and like my wife's like, "Can you name all fifty states?" I'm like, "Yeah." You know, of course, I didn't think I could, and then I was able to. Right, but, but it's, hard. Have, it's hard. It's hard. I do know that there's 50 states, so that's a start. Yes, you guys don't have states. No, we have, have provinces. provinces. Any idea how many provinces there are? Six? No, sir. Eight? 
Getting closer. 13. 10. 10. All right. You know, fair point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, it's hard. But again, it, but again, it's Wait, not, it's, it's what not. What are the 10 provinces? I actually have no idea. I know Ontario. Yep. That's it. I'm done. Okay. So you got Ontario, you got British Columbia, you got Alberta, you got oh, Manitoba, Saskatchewan, uh, Newfoundland, uh, Quebec, um, Fuck, now I'm even lost. I knew Quebec. You know what's weird? I knew, I've heard all of these. Yeah, but again, it's, it's just, it's just the, you know, when I was in high school, there was an actual course, like, American history, which is kind of fucked up when you think about it, right? You know? Yeah, we didn't have Canadian history. Exactly. We barely got through American history. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's fucking funny. Yeah. Oh shit, it's kind of late. Well, oh man, thank you, uh, so much for doing this, and, I feel so bad. I, I'm actually, I, the reason I'm at my parents' house is because I'm helping my mom babysit my nephew tomorrow. Oh, okay. I've never watched a child before, so I'm kind of nervous. Oh, boy, that should He's be, like, you could probably do a whole episode on your experience. Yeah, I might, I might just have the recording going. Um, I mean, I love my nephew. He's like, what is he, like, 14 months, 13 months old? Like, he's, oh, me- really young. Okay. oh he's so funny, though. I, and I don't see him a lot, so I'm really excited. Uh, my mom's home, my dad's away tomorrow, so I told my mom, I, I'm, I'm on vacation this week. Alone, fucking yep. sucks. Yeah, I, I um, my place of employment, their fiscal year resets in July. Yep. And so my wife and I took this week off because I had started here about six months ago, and then she got a new job uh, maybe a month ago, so she couldn't take the week off. Cause we had nothing planned, so I'm like, fuck, I have a whole week off and I have nothing to do, and uh. I've learned that I'm quite extroverted because I'm I was at home a lot and kind of getting really sad just doing nothing and had to like force myself to go out to get coffee and then I would talk to a person and I'm like okay I want to live life again. See yeah it's funny when you realize that 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 difference because for me so I'm in a job where I talk to people all day long and then when I come home I I just want to veg out it's because I'm introverted so I mean. I can certainly be personable and sociable, but for me to recharge my batteries, I have to be alone. Whereas you, it sounds like for you to kind of recharge, you need, you need to be around people. And I work with people. Yeah, there, I definitely have those days where I work with people, and by the end of the day, I'm like, holy fuck. Yeah. I don't want to do anything. But this is like a whole week of just, oh, my God, someone pick up the phone. If only you had a central perk to go to and meet all your friends, right? I know. And, like, because I know you moved to Vancouver, and I, I we both had moved to different cities, so, like, um, it was actually nice tonight. I went out to dinner with like my my home base of people I've known forever, and like, there's something I used to think kind of looked down upon staying in your hometown, but now I'm like, no nah, man, there's parts that must be so fucking cool to always have friend, built-in friends and something to do. Like I don't have that. Like I don't have a ton of friends where I live because I'm 30. Like how the fuck do you make friends? Like I I'm friends with people I've worked with, and that's it. And uh, a, a few others. I I it took a while. I have a great friend base now, but it's not like I. Like, but they're not friends I've met. Like, the friends I have where I'm from in Connecticut are the friends where it's like, let me go to your house and sit there and watch TV for six hours with you and then do errands because we've been friends for 11 years and we can just, you know what I mean? Right. Uh, all the friends I've met in my adult life, it's like planned activities and dinners and coffee and it's great, but you know, it's just, it is what it is. Absolutely. Awesome. Growing up, man. Growing up sucks. I guess this is growing up. Yes! Yeah, <laughs> Uh, well, what, where can people find you and your wonderful podcast on the old internets? 
They can go to uh, busstoppodcast.com, and from there, you'll you'll be able to, you know, go to iTunes and look us up on Twitter and Facebook and all that good stuff. And um, like we talked about in this episode, if you've never listened to the show, um, yeah, make sure you go back and listen to the Dominatrix episode. It's probably like 12 episodes ago. And uh, and then compare it to one of the episodes at the bus stop and, and see what you think. Who does your logo art, uh, the cartoon of you guys? Yeah, we actually had a, a someone I met when I first arrived in Vancouver um, that was kind of an acquaintance, and uh, yeah, when we decided to do the podcast, I reached out to her. She she does graphic design now for a living and stuff, and uh, we kind of already had that connection, and so she was able to kind of hook us up on the cheap, and um, yeah, put that put some cool stuff together. So because it's really fucking good. Yeah, we were really happy with it, and I, I think that was our vision from the get go. Was just hey, you know, we need cartoon versions of us, and. Uh, and I couldn't be happier by the way it turned out. That's all. Yeah, no, I always like admire. I was like, damn, that's really good. <laughs> that's awesome, yeah. man. Well, keep up the good work, and uh, you'll have to come back for sure because you're just a, a hoot to talk to. And every time I feel like we do, it's a damn time difference. It's yeah. Well, you know what? I'll have to. I'll have to. Um, you know, when I have some time off, I'll reach out to you, and then that way, you know, I can do something in the middle of the day, which is, you know, still early evening for you, and go from there. Yeah, no, it's it's kind of I love having people back, especially because I feel like there's like this little weird podcast community. I feel like I feel like I've become a part of through like Twitter and Facebook, and it's it's nice, right? And it's cool, and like we get to meet people, and then they come back, and then you do their show, and then you always talk online. Like my wife, my wife, she just doesn't really care, so she's like, eh, whatever. And it's just so it's 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 fun to have. It's like it exists in this weird vacuum. Where, like, anything cool happens for the show, I talk to the people I've never actually met in my entire life about our yeah. successes. And then, but, and I tell her, she's like, I don't care. Like, I had, um, you used to watch Fuse, correct? Yep. Did you ever watch Steven's Untitled Rock Show? Yes. I had him on. Oh, sweet. And, um, and that was, like, a big get for me. And I was like, tell my wife, she was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> and he's, like, fucking nicest guy in the world, so. Uh, well, awesome, man. Have a good rest of your night. I'll let you know before this goes up, um,